This is the Acts 2028 podcast, where two young Church of God pastors discuss the challenges and victories we face in leading revitalization. I am TJ Samuel. I am Brian Seidel. I am in an urban context in Seattle, Washington. I am in a suburban and rural context in Boise, Idaho. I am in a liberal state. I am in a conservative state. My ministry background is in missions. My ministry background is in youth ministry. And yet we are both in our first lead roles. To help God revitalize the existing church in the Pacific Northwest. We are helping each other. And you. To truly live out Acts 20, 28. Well, TJ, here we are again. getting back together to just talk about life and ministry as we are in these churches and in revitalization projects. How's everything going for you right now? It is going well. We are still pressing forward. Uh, There's hope. Um, There's a lot of things it seems like here in Washington uh, relating to COVID. We are starting to open up uh, here in a week from today to phase three, which feels like light years of where we've been in the past. And uh, including yesterday, I got my first COVID vaccine shot. So in a couple of weeks, I'll get my second one. So yeah, things are going well um, in that front. There's hope. I, I had some people in my congregation, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later, but they were even moved to tears with some of that because there's just been a, there's been such an oppressive piece here. But I think you asked the question how it is. And right now, the snapshot is things are getting better. And um, yeah, I think our faith is not in a vaccine, but in God, but just seeing that that cloud starting to lift. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, obviously, as we have said, we are in very different environments. I'm in Idaho, right in the Boise, Idaho area. And uh, you being up in Seattle, we have a very different obviously different states, different government, you know, state governments and, and perspectives coming from, from our different governors and, and mayors and kind of all those kinds of things. Uh, so yeah, our, our situation has been different in Idaho, but, um, but at the same time, again, we have the same thing we see in our church. We have people that are getting their vaccine, you know, some people that haven't been in church for a year that are coming back. In fact, we had like, a, a older couple in our church. It was in church yesterday. Right. And they were so ex- excited to be here. And they're like, yeah, we, we've both been vaccinated. We're back. You're coming back in person. So definitely something that we are still dealing with here again. Now our, you know, our, um, our shutdowns and, you know, mandates and things like that have been very different in Idaho than they've been in Washington. So, but again, we will definitely, address that. But again, as we're stepping in today, our plan for today, and we know sometimes we stick to our plan, sometimes we don't, but our plan for today is to go back and talk about a couple of these issues that that we have been brought up in previous episodes that we didn't have time to talk about. And then we stepped in again and talked about our mutual friend, Mel Snyder, this last episode. So again, to our audience, if you didn't go back and listen about Mel, I just encourage you to listen to that episode. Again, he was just a very godly man that it suddenly passed away, but uh, had a big influence on both of us and, and on many others. And again, a big influence on the kingdom of God. So again, I, we feel like valuable listen for you. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and do that. But so we, we have looked at again with our churches again navigating this last year. And it's crazy to think it's been a year, right? I, I mean, you know, we heard it on the news and kind of going through, but 
it's definitely been, it has been an entire year that we've been dealing with this. And I think at the beginning, if you remember, nobody knew what to expect. Nobody knew, uh, you know, how long it was going to take or whatever. In fact, I remember it was a year ago shutting down. We were looking at Easter, which now we're looking at Easter again coming up, which is a major holiday for our faith. Yeah. And, you know, I remember some people saying, oh, this will be over by Easter, like no big, no big deal, you know, and here we are a year later still dealing with it, right? So obviously some people were very wrong in their uh, initial assessments, right, of how big of a deal it was going to be. Um, but again, in the midst of that, so we'll talk about how we have dealt with COVID and also though our online presence, which is very closely connected to how we have dealt with COVID in our churches, uh, so because suddenly everybody was online and, and so we've, you know, we obviously had to establish that pretty quickly, but, um, with that said, right. Is, um, so how, how long, let's just start. How long were our individual churches shut down? How have we dealt with COVID? Um, so again, as we, if you remember again, go back to one of our first episodes, we talked about your story. You arrived in Seattle with this church, just, uh, right as kind of COVID was starting to ramp up. And you were there for just a very short time before you, you were given a stay at home order in, in Washington. So, so again, just, just again, how have you dealt with it since all that came down? Yeah. So a quick recap again. Yeah. We got here in February. Um, so we've been here just over a year and we uh, had about three weeks before the shutdown. And I remember coming in that first day and we kind of, um, new COVID, we'd kind of heard murmurs of it, obviously, at that point globally. And um, so I remember coming in for my sermon uh, one Saturday, and it was the Saturday that the first person died in a suburb here in Kirkland, Washington, um, at a retirement home. And it was kind of big news, like, oh, someone had passed away from it, but it was an elderly person. It was right here in our backyard. And I remember being in sermon prepping and being like, oh, wow, you know, this has been a thing that we've been talking about. So I amended it and actually put it in my sermon for that next day. Not even again, knowing, like you said, what the big impact would be that we'd still be uh, shouldering this a year later. Um, so yeah, it hit pretty hard, pretty quick. Um, and with that, we didn't even have an online presence. And so in our church, that was one of the things that we didn't have in place prior to this. And so it was really difficult for us to kind of uh, just switch gears to make that a reality. Yeah. So we kind of jumped in and we started to go to work on that on the back end. But one thing I can say is, you know, God always provides. And we had a team here of people amongst a group of us that we were able to make it work. And, and you know, we can talk about maybe a little bit more uh, about how that whole process played itself out. But, you know, collectively as a group, We've probably tried online church in every facet, you know, like whether that is um, both worship as far as music and message together, um, separate pieces, one being live, one being pre-recorded, um, you know, both being, you know, we've done every element of that that we yeah. possibly can to bring that to a final product, but it really was, uh, was different. And so COVID created you know, a lot of interesting pieces for us right out of the gate. And so, you know, as far as shutdown though, we've only been shut down, uh, two weeks. So we had two weeks where, uh, in about a two week window, we had five people 
from the church that as luck would have it, I came in or my family came in like personal contact with them that they tested positive in a two week period. And so our quarantine ended up closing us down to keep us safe because we have, you know, some older people and stuff in our congregation. We wanted to be yeah. white stewards. So that was actually not until like, Oh gosh, probably uh, that was maybe around December time. And so we had made it from, you know, March to December with no cases, not being shut down, even with not having online, we switched gears and made it online the week that we needed to. And we've kept going. And so uh, we were online for the first couple months, but really we've been back in the building for a while because of social distancing. We have a huge building um, and some screens and some capabilities where we can break people out into classrooms um, or gyms and auditoriums and stuff to make them um, compliant for what our state requires, even though it's been restrictive. So I think those are some of the first ones. We really didn't feel the impact of shutting down uh, except for those two weeks uh, because of the actual documented cases. But other than that, man, God's been with it in favor, whether that's been, uh, you know, running and doing those videos and stuff. But yeah, what about you guys? I, I know you guys had previously already had some of that video stuff already going. And so that was, so, the- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. In fact, but to say that, I think to your point, when you said, you know, again, you showed up at Fairview and they did not have an online presence. And I think that was a hundred percent true at Oregon trail too. When I, when I came here again, they did not have an online presence. They had no social media. They did. They had a website that like a volunteer had put together like years before and nobody had touched it since. Right. And so I, I remember when, when I got here now, of course I came in 2015 to Oregon trail. And so, you know, long before anybody knew what COVID-19 was. And so that, that was, again, a huge advantage, I think, to us, right, was that we had time to establish that online presence. But I, I remember having a conversation with one of, one of my volunteer guys in the church that, that, that was willing to step up and take it on because I saw that as a priority. That was one of the first things we did when I got to Oregon Trail. I said, we need to establish an online presence because the reality is our culture is online. And so we need, I mean, we need to fish where the fish are, right? Because you're never going to catch anybody, right? You're never going to catch a fish if you throw, you know, no matter how good your bait is or how good your message is or whatever it is, if, if there's no fish in the water where you're throwing it in, right? So again, everybody's online. So we need to be online. And that's where, so I, I presented that again to church. Like I said, we had a few people step up and the first thing we did was take down everything that was there because it was all a couple years old you know, very outdated, like poorly done in the first place. And, and again, at that point, I just realized, and and I stepped on that, the concept that no presence is better than a bad presence. Right. And cause I figured, you know, again, if somebody's going to Google us and they find nothing, then they're like, well, but obviously they know enough about our church to at least Google it. Right. And so, you know, maybe they'll come by if they find nothing. Right. But if what they find is old and outdated, then they're going to just write off our church at that moment. Right. If they're looking for a church, they Google it and they see a, a two year old website that hasn't been updated in two years. And and, you know, it's poorly done. They'll be like, OK, that church, I don't want to go there. Right? And so so we started with that premise is that no presence is better than a bad one. And, and so they so we took down everything that we started from scratch and we started building it. Like I said, built, you know, start a new website. We went through, and at that point too, we went through a whole rebranding of the church and which all obviously plays into web, web design and kind of all that stuff. But, 
so yeah, so we, we started building it at that point. Like I said, now our advantage was we had, we had a lot of that was already built before COVID hit. And so, yes, we did. We were already recording our services. We already had, you know, our website, we had social media platforms. We were uh, posting our sermons online long before COVID. In fact, we started doing that. Um, that was one of the first things we did online presence. Um, but again, we were just recording them on Sunday. Then we're, and then, you know, editing them on the next week and posting them, you know, several days later. Uh, but, but we did have that presence and, and, and so again, we already had cameras in place. We already had a lot of that. The back end equipment was already there, uh, the, but we were not live streaming. And the then there's one reason why we were not live streaming at that before COVID, and that was because I didn't want to, right? Because I, I had said, you know, again, even our team had asked, like, well, do we want to move towards doing this? And I'm like, nope, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. We're just going to record it and then and post it later. Like I said, and, and again, we were podcasting the sermons and they were put on YouTube and they were posted on our web on our website. Um, and, and we had a lot of people that told us when they came to the church, again, that they had listened to a lot of sermons uh, before they ever showed up. And so, so again, that was working. And, and I think then the reason why I didn't want to live stream was because I did not want to enable people to be lazy. Because I just knew, right, that like, well, you know, if I don't know, should we go to church? No, we'll just watch it online. And, and I just knew people would do that. And, and I didn't I didn't want to enable that, you know, for people. And so that's the only reason we were not live streaming pre-COVID. So so once we hit shutdown and I think that so again, we were closed, uh, we closed our church to in-person services for six weeks. We were down, you know, where now again, we were never shut down. I mean, we were still working. We were still you know, um, again, posting things online. And, and for those six weeks, we, we pre-recorded everything. Cause again, we had the whole system set up to do that. So we just came, you know, set up a new schedule with, with our, our worship team and with our production team. And we just came on, um, you know, later part of the week and earlier and recorded it and then edited it and then premiered those videos on Sunday mornings. And so, um, that's what we did for those six weeks when we were completely shut down to in-person services. And, and again, and that was last Easter. If we remember again, we were, we were doing that. We did that for Easter. We recorded a uh, good Friday service and, and, you know, premiered that on good Friday. We recorded Easter morning and, you know, premiered that show on, on YouTube and Facebook and, so again, so we did that, like I said, where we were, you know, we were not in the building physical, physically meeting for six weeks. Um, and then our governor lifted the stay at home order in Idaho. And, um, and so we were in phase one of reopening, but he put churches in phase one. So we were kind of exempt to all of those, you know, um, restrictions and, and, and everything. Uh, but again, we were told to still comply as much as we could and kind of those things. And again, we were, um, again, in our valley, so our metro area valley of the Treasure Valley of the Boise area spans two counties. And so we are in the, we're in Canyon County. Ada County has uh, different leadership in, in that, you know, and different mayors and that kind of thing. And so they had a lot more restrictions in Ada County than we had out in Canyon County, uh, as far as like numbers of people that could, could gather and again, how exempt churches were from those numbers and those kinds of things. So, uh, but again, we, us, just like you, which I think is maybe one of the advantages of, of a, an established church 
is we also have a pretty large facility. And so we were able to spread people out into other rooms and do some of that. Again, one of the challenging things that we heard from a lot of churches, even in our area, as they started to reopen to in-person services was what do you do with kids ministry, right? Because kids do not social distance well, right? If they're in, you know, they don't wear masks well, there's not, you know, in that. And so, but again, we in our church, in our building had enough space to where we could just spread out the kids into smaller groups in their different classrooms. Uh, and so, and so we, again, we did, we did kids ministry from the very beginning. We were open and said, yep, we're going to do it, but it's going to be, it's going to be different. And so we did that. Um, so, but we just like every church, we kind of scrambled to get those last equipment pieces to be able to live stream because we knew uh, once we opened, you know, that we wanted to just continue to do services, but, uh, but then we moved to live streaming everything uh, once we were back open. And so uh, we did, you know, just like, like I said, just like every church, we kind of scrambled, but again, we didn't have to get as much. Cause like I said, we had all of the other production stuff already in place, right? We already had cameras. We already had all that stuff. We just had to get the, the few pieces we needed to be able to, to truly live stream. Yeah. And those have not been the case. So like right now in my hand, I'm holding um, my iPhone. And so for the first six plus months, this is how we brought it live to everybody each week was we just recorded on my phone. And thankfully, you know, if you're static and you're there, you don't have to zoom, you don't have to do those things. And it worked out pretty well. Um, yeah. Since then we've progressed. We have made some of those investments as far as a couple cameras, a new computer to help process some of those things. And so, you know, again, very grateful for the team that we have uh, to be able to kind of navigate that, including just, it's kind of like, you know, uh, you set forth on a project and you don't know what else is, it's the tip of the iceberg. And so since then we've upgraded our internet at the building for, for various reasons, obviously as well. Um, and so we've been able to step into that, but yeah, we didn't have, you know, I don't think anyone had a plan for this or thought that it was going to be this long. And so I think we really navigated that with a, uh, a new perspective and really honestly, because one of the things that we had here that was difficult that never got shut down, except for that time that we had, uh, it was shut down for a couple days over the weekend while we cleared that COVID time, um, was our child center. So we've been serving the community and we have anywhere like on any given day, 80 to 60 kids on campus. And so we stayed open the whole time with that. We never closed down because that was essential. And a lot of our parents are, you know, doctors or first responders on that front line. And so they still yeah. needed that healthcare. And so like, as far as ministry goes, uh, although it's been a trying time at times to have that, we lost our director for the child center, uh, like, within the first um, month that we were here, but we've been able to navigate that and we've been able to do some of the best grassroots ministries through that and meet families um, and love on them in a way that because of the social distancing, we just haven't been able to do. I mean, prior to whatever they come up with here, phase three, um, which is supposed to launch in uh, the 22nd of March, it's like, we haven't been anywhere close to this. Like the closest we've been is you can have five people when restaurants have been open and hmm. it, that, that was for a time. And then even that got taken away. And so we've just been such at this level to where we're just trying to get uh, 
to get back. Uh, and so, you know, I think, again, one of the things that's bothered me about COVID, besides the fact of just not really knowing exactly having a game plan, was that the byproduct of it, right? It creates this isolation. You talk about a family that hasn't been oh, there yeah. in a year is I think that's when Satan is most effective, when he can isolate. And I think that's why, you know, the word tells us when two or more are gathered in my name, right? Like we can remind each other of true north. I think we can all get in our head and we can all have those moments where we can have maybe a chicken little, woe is me. Um, but I think COVID has presented itself in a way that has created that. And so, you know, I mean, I, I guess as we still navigate through this, I would still encourage people if you haven't seen someone in a while, reach out to them, talk to them. If yeah. you, if you haven't, uh, you know, talked to a family member, man, this time has been precious. And so make sure that you do that. And yeah, COVID has, has thrown some wrenches and things. Uh, like you said, timing wise, uh, we didn't get some of those luxuries that you got in the sense of rebranding and stuff like that. <laughs> I would say within that first part of launching all those, it was more survival and, Sure. Um, I would say if I had a prioritization of a list of what I thought we were going to work at in the first year, um, it was anything but that. And, you know, we talked to let in with Easter. One of the uh, huge things that's a part of our church is we have this uh, little place called Green Lake uh, just down from us. And every year they have a sunrise service at Green Lake. And it's been an ongoing thing that we rent with the parks and we have an outdoor service there at the uh, aqua theater that they have. And I didn't see that the first year, obviously, as COVID had just started. And the city has already shut us down to where we can't have it the second year. So I'm sitting here now. I won't be here until my third Easter to where I might actually see uh, a huge thing that's a big part of the community for us and what we do for Easter. And so, again, I think that's kind of where... Uh, COVID and Easter are starting to overlap for a second time this year. Um, yeah. And just how do we deal with those things? And so I don't know, it's, it's been difficult. Uh, you know, on some fronts, we last year, we, you know, good Friday service, how do we do that? So we ended up making that all online with a, a production part with songs and a, a drama so that people could participate in some way. But yeah, it, it's really changed things. So what, what did you guys do? How did you guys navigate some of those uh, obstacles for regards to Easter and stuff like that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think to say that is, like you said, we are all jumping in and, and everybody was kind of, like you said, in survival mode. And, and I think in a lot of ways we were too, even though we were more set up than a lot of churches were, it was still it was still uncharted water. It's still kind of, man, we have no idea what to expect. We have no idea what's coming down in the next several months, depending on how long this goes and kind of all of those things that, I mean, I, I still remember like in our first staff meeting after we had this stay at home order um, or no, actually it was right before the stay at home order was given. So like, you know, we kind of knew it was coming. And again, Idaho, um, we always joke that like Idaho is the last place to get everything. And and the reality is like that turned out to be a good thing when it came to COVID because we were still one of the last states to ever get a positive case. And so we're like, yeah, see, Idaho's the last to get everything. But then once we had it, this, so, you know, all the states around us were, were shut down, all these things before we were. And so, so we knew it was coming. And I, again, I remembered saying to our staff, I'm like, guys, we have no idea what's coming. 
you know, we, just like every church, we had no idea what giving was going to do. We had no idea what attendance was going to be like, what we could do, what we couldn't do, how long it was going to take. And so, you know, I remember going, going around the room at a staff meeting and just being like, Hey guys, like, we're just going to figure it out. And like, we just need to be committed to, you know, to, to doing our jobs. And like, you know, I mean, we were put here for such a time as this. And so, you know, now again, I can't guarantee that I'm going to be able to pay you, you know, but, but we're, we're, we need to step up, you know, and do our jobs. And, and again, they were and a credit to my staff. They, they were all there and they're like, yeah, absolutely. Like we're in, you know, we're going to, we're going to see what happens. And so that's what we did. But again, coming up to Easter, even as we all scrambled, and I think we did too. And again, our Easter last year was 100% online. Uh, you know, something that we were hoping we weren't weren't going to have to do, but we did. Um, and with that, though, I remember hearing, you know, listening to different podcasts and all these blog articles and kind of all these things coming out as everybody was scrambling. I remember some of the experts, you know, saying like, oh, you know, we need to learn from all these YouTubers and how to keep people engaged and we need to change up this. And, and like, I just kept hearing from all these different platforms of, of just the number one thing that we should not do is just record your regular service and post it. Right. And, you know, because it's so different online and, and I just kept hearing that. And I don't know, just in my spirit, I just, I pushed back in that and said, you know, I don't think that that's right. And so we literally did our, the same thing we would have done if it was in person and we just recorded them. Right. And, um, and posted them right now. I mean, granted we did, you know, edit them some, you know, again, if we had different things or somebody really messed up, you know, we were able to like edit, edit it out. But, um, but for the most part though, we literally just static recorded what we would have done in person and we just premiered it online. Now, like I said earlier, you know, I felt like, again, pre-COVID, I said we didn't live stream because I didn't want to enable people to be lazy and I didn't want to do that. And so now to say, I'll admit, I was wrong about that. We've seen God use the live stream in incredible ways, right? And again, now that I see how this last year, how, how God's used it to reach people, how, how people from even states away, extended family and whatever have, have listened and, and tuned into our services, even seeing now we have people that... Again, we're a part of our church that had been transferred because of their jobs and, and things into other states that are still just participating in our church online. And they still say, they're like, Oregon Trail's our church. We're going to be online. And again, we have one couple that got transferred up into Washington. So they had to move for their job. And yet they're, they're like, we're not leaving Oregon Trail. We're going to participate online. In fact, they're one of our online small group leaders now, right? And so they're still serving. They're still building community. They're still doing those things from states away. And that's all possible because of our live stream, right? Because of that. And they're, they're able to still be connected. So again, I was wrong about that. And again, I'll, I'll admit when I'm wrong, I I'm, I will admit it. Right. And so I was wrong. Um, now, again, we still have people that, that I've heard from, you know, time to time, like, Oh, I just didn't want to get up. I just watched church online. You know, I mean, some people have done that. And again, that I think you're always going to have that, but again, the, the positive reach of it and how God's used it has far outweighed, you know, the laziness of a few. Um, and so, and I guess the reality, right. Is like, at least they do can still see it online, even if they are just there being lazy that day. Right. But, um, but the other feedback that we got, and I feel like I, at least for our congregation, of my feeling in my spirit, I think was proven correct. Right. One of those times I was right. Right. In, cause I heard from several people, 
um, again, during those shutdown times when we didn't have any live services, but even since we've been open, we've had people that have been in line and we've continued to, to be in person or online. We've just, we've, we have let people choose. We'll say, Hey, we're going to do both, right? You do what you're comfortable with. Um, you know, again, no judgment either way. If you stay online, stay online. If you want to come in person, you know, we're, we're recording it anyway. So come, if you want to be in person, come and watch it in person. But I've heard consistently from many, many people that have said that they're so thankful that what they see in the live stream or what they saw in those pre-recorded services, even our Easter last year, there was hundred percent online. They said it was so refreshing to have something familiar happening in front of us online, you know, seeing the sanctuary, seeing our regular, um, you know, music, our regular sermon, the regular flow of our service, just being able to watch that. They're like, it was so grounding. They said, because everything else in their life was different, right? Their jobs were different. Their family life was different. School was different. Everything had moved online and everything was different. And they, they, they felt that grounding, that familiarity, right? Of our service, of seeing our sanctuary, of the, the, the routine of the service the you know, that they were used to. And they valued that. And they're like, it was very grounding. And they said, it, you know, it, it felt like that at least something, even though it was online, it still felt normal. And that they really valued that. And so now, again, that might not be true for every church, but that, that was definitely the feedback we've gotten uh, was, you know, again, we, and like I said, we didn't change anything. Literally, all we did was record our regular services and post them online. Um, and which, again, like I said, was against kind of the mainstream advice right. That I kept hearing, you know, towards churches. So uh, again, that, that was a major learning for us. And I said, that's all we've continued to do, right. Is we, again, we just, we live stream, uh, you know, we go live and then we just do our service and those that are here in person, they're, they're here in person. We do that. And, and we have, you know, people participate online if they're online. Um, but we, we have, we have not changed our service because it is being live streamed. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, and, maybe a little bit, what has that done for attendance for you guys? I know that some people aren't gone and a lot of churches across the way, because I think COVID has created maybe even a, another phobia that people ha didn't have before. Right. So there's this fear of um, this virus or different things. Yeah. Like I said, it creates this foothold for Satan to have a part, but uh, I'll share after you a little bit, but like, what has that done for attendance wise? I mean, I know it's very difficult to track those that are online and stuff like that, but what, what happened to your congregation as far as numerically of those that felt safe to come back? And what did that look like during this time? Yeah. So, I, I mean, like most churches, I think we've heard, we've been pretty typical as far as attendance goes. Um, you know, obviously it went to zero for those six weeks that we were closed in person. Right. And then as we opened back up, we've just seen it steadily come back. And so there have been, you know, again, we started off with um, literally just like what I've heard a lot of churches, you know, 30, 40% of their pre shutdown numbers uh, were here in person. Um, but like I said, we've seen that just steadily climb uh, the longer we've been open. And I said, you know, we're back to about 80% of our pre shutdown physical attendance. Um, and the last several weeks, we've kind of seen an uptick in that. And I think, again, I think that comes some of that to, to vaccines and, you know, people's uh, comfort level and, and different things to be more in person. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, like I said, I think we, we've just seen it steadily come back, but I, I will say um, the, the surprising thing about that is as we watch the online participation um, is that our online numbers have also continued to grow. And so, which has been odd because I, again, we've heard what my expectation was, right. Was as people started to come back, they would stop watching online. Right. Which, and, and I think that's true. I mean, the ones that have come have said that, right. And so you would expect your online numbers to drop because of that. And again, I, and I've heard churches say that theirs have, again, ours have not. And, and I don't know why necessarily, I, I think, um, but they, they have continued to, to grow as well, which has been a surprise. Um, with that said though, is I think we have, um, the church has grown tremendously over the last year. Now, again, one, one of the thing is we also in being in the treasure Valley in the Boise area, we are, if not the number one, I think in definitely in the top three of the fastest growing areas of our nation right now. And so we have people moving into our area, um, literally I, it's off the charts. I mean, I don't even know, you know, where that's at. And so that, that has fed the growth of our church as well, just because people are moving into our community from out of state, um, at record levels. And so, you know, we, we have continued to see visitors every week in person. Um, we, we continue to see, like I said, our online numbers growing. And again, part of, I know part of that is because our area is growing. Just new people are moving here um, all the time. And in fact, that's, you know, when we talk to people that are here in person, you know, I mean, um, the majority of those visitors are saying, you know, yeah, we are new to the area, right. And we're looking for a church. And so, you know, that has certainly aided our, our growth through this time. But, but I will honestly say though, is that our church has thrived through this last season. Um, as we have continued through that, that, you know, the church has continued to grow. We've continued to reach new people online and in person. And I think we've seen that, uh, play out. And so again, that, I mean, that's been our experience and I know that's not normal. Like I said, I think part of, part of it, um, you know, has been, but again, our, like I said, our physical attendance has come back strong. Uh, the surprise is that our online participation has not dropped off. Uh, in fact, that has continued to build as well. Uh, but I will say, I think part of that, and when you talk about online presence is the quality of our online presence has gotten better. The longer we do it, you know, our, our team's gotten better. We've improved our equipment. And like I said, we, we've decided to invest in it because we've seen God use it and, and, you know, and, and use it in ways we didn't expect. And so, um, you know, again, that's, that's something that we have decided as a church that we would invest in to do it with excellence. And so, you know, we've, again, our, our first few weeks of live streaming were not good, you know, I mean, you know, as you look at that, but, but right. that's, you know, that, I mean, that has been our experience and, and what, what we've seen happen. Well, and I think, I mean, you can probably speak to this as well, but one of the migrations when we came off of um, whatever period that was that you were uh, not meeting in person. So you described a six week window. I think there was this burden, at least from my behalf of when we had time off or more people were coming and we launched a better platform. I didn't want those that didn't feel safe or that were going to strictly join us online to feel like second rate family members or second rate uh, churchgoers, right? You didn't want yeah. them to think like, oh, well, because they can meet in person, they don't care about us anymore. We're an afterthought. And so you wanted to step that game up, so to speak, so that they still felt like there was a value add to tune in, but also that they were an emphasis of what you were doing. And so I know for me, like uh, generally when I 
uh, go on now because we're live. I, I try to acknowledge those that have joined us today online. And, you know, there's just little nuances that didn't exist prior to that, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, those are some of the things that that was a, a desire in my heart. I don't know if they were in yours was to make sure that those people that were joining felt still valued. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah, and to say that again, like I said, we haven't changed our service as far as, you know, what's included, but we have made adjustments like that as far as, you know, again, our, we have our, our service host that kind of opens it up and welcomes everybody. And, you know, again, we've added to that. They welcome those online as well as those in person. So again, we have added those little, little things into that, you know, and to say again, just kind of a, the, the humbling moment is, and again, I like, I've never felt that the, those online or those that chose to stay home, like you said, were second-class citizens or whatever. But, um, I did have, I mean, one person even came to me after, after one week on that, that felt like that I did say that. And, and again, I, I went, I had to go back and listen and they, they asked me, they're like, well, this, this is the way I interpreted what you said. And, you know, as we're home online, like I felt like that you were looking down on us to say that we, you know, we were second. And I'm like, uh, that was not my intention. And if I communicated that, I'm sorry. Cause that, but that, that's not what I meant. And I said, and, and, and I went back and listened to what I said. Right. And I can see how they interpreted it that way. Now, again, I didn't mean that, but, but they already had that thought in their mind. Right. And, and so then when they, with that preconceived worry, right. That they were going to be perceived as second class citizens of the church. Um, then with, I could see how they took my words to mean that. And so, so again, I, I, that was, that was a slice of humble pie for me and realizing like, Hey, I have to be really careful how I say things and make sure that I don't portray that. Cause I don't feel that way at all. Right. But yet I, I think that that is a very real thing that we have to be conscious of of again, how do we truly include online people, you know, in the community of the church? Because the reality is right. Like online is just not the same. And, and there's a different feeling of being there in person and that fellowship and that community that you experience. And again, it's, it's very hard to replicate that online. And I think that the people that are watching on for whatever reason, um, they, they already feel that. And so we have to be very conscious of how we, how we address people, you know, in the feed, uh, and, you know, and yeah, again, and even those, those extra efforts, like you said, whether it's reaching out through phone calls, conversations, whatever it might be to connect them uh, relationally to the body of Christ. Right. Well, I, I would say for us, um, you know, like I said, numerically, when we came, we didn't have uh, a huge congregation going at the time, you know, I think somewhere, uh, on bad Sundays, they would be 20 something, 30, um, you know, good when they had a, a full people turn out to vote. I know again, the number was 42 and, um, I can say during COVID we've had, you know, like we've had a couple where maybe there's been like some thirties, but we've also had some where there's been like 60. And so we've actually like at that, you know, we've grown, uh, you know, 50% and we still have some online people. Again, some of those have, like you said, live outside of state and some of those things. So even if that platform went away, they wouldn't be joining us in person, but yeah, your bandwidth is still greater to where the message is being communicated. And you never know. And we were talking about this before we went on uh, today about, you know, if there's just the one, right. If there's the one that we reach that uh, needs that affirmation from God, maybe you're just talking Gideon in a fleece moment or, 
they just need to know that uh, they're valued, that they're cared about, that they hear that message. Um, you know, it's worth it. All the effort, all the time is worth it. Um, so, you know, for us numerically, things haven't changed. Again, for that, I think I talked with our, I don't know what the numbers were uh, this past week, but I'd venture to say they were north of 50 again. And even in our children's program, I talked with uh, our volunteer, Joanna, who leads that. And there was 14 kids. And that was like unheard of before. Like, you know, 14 kids. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have that many when we first got here. And so that is really cool that God is doing some things there. Obviously, again, like you mentioned, with all the follies and all those uh, things as far as online and ability, um, especially in a first year of a pastor, I cannot take any credit for any of that. So, you know, God's at work. Uh, I think, you know, as we've been navigating through the Old Testament right now, because we're going through the story with our church, um, that main theme uh, that I was telling them on Sunday is obedience. And I think that's really what it boils down to, right? Is just like saying, okay, God, how can you use me? Equip me, prepare my heart, prepare my mind for what may come my way. And, um, you know, help me to be, uh, aware of my surroundings. Where are ways that I can engage with our community? And so like, you know, we're really trying to do that. In fact, I'm getting ready to, to head out on a, on a pastor's retreat this week uh, to go and, and meet with some other fellow pastors on the West Coast here. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we did that I had to kind of reschedule is our community council member uh, that's here that's responsible for District 4, where our church is, mm-hmm. uh, set up a meeting with him. So, like, one of the things I want to be prepared for outside of COVID, like, we've been in this, like, like you said, survival, which is almost like on a um, reactionary kind of tale because we got dealt this and there were so many things, including rules and regulations and governments and CDCs and all these things that, that just we we're inundated with. I, I'm now trying to, you know, and we've tried this the whole time, but to lean in even more and to start to go on the offense and to find ways that whenever this goes back to a new norm, Especially, you know, we talk about whatever that means with established churches. That means some of the things that we did, we aren't going to be able to come back to good or bad. Um, But some of those things, we're just trying to find ways. So I'm trying to solicit, you know, those in our community. And one of the the things that I've wrestled with is in being shut down for six weeks or, or otherwise kind of puts this in the forefront is if we cease to exist, would our community still miss us? Would they know? And I think... On some levels, I could answer that honestly and truthfully that the families that come here every day that I described in our child center, they would feel the impact of that. But would the people that are in our community, like our next door neighbors, would they say, "Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't know if they help or or what that would be. I want them to say, uh, hey, look, even if I don't have the same belief system as them, they are a vital part of our community and they help. And they're a great neighbor. Uh, maybe even if they use that term, they love their neighbor as themselves. I don't know that they would, but if they did, that they would uh, say, I, even if I don't believe what they do, I don't want to see them fail because they are a huge part of our community. Yeah. And so, man, I numerically, if we don't grow, you know, more than what we already have, but we are effective people for a kingdom. Uh, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm not here to in a big city like Seattle where we can have, you know, 
probably, you could probably get a thousand people just like you said, people moving in numerically. Um, apparently I'm an anomaly since I moved out of there to here. Maybe that's, <laughs> yeah. That's why the U-Haul was so cheap coming this way. Cause everyone's, yeah. I did them probably. turning it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, there's those things that really, uh, you know, God, I think can use. And so I, I would encourage people as we navigate through these next phases and next things, as things start to reopen, um, don't necessarily just wait for them because I think if we wait, it's going to be too late, but I would encourage you to go on the offense and start to find ways. So when those things do open that you can capitalize, that you'll be there to meet that need and that you'll be able to, um, you know, term I use, be the hands and feet of Christ, right. That you'd be there to, uh, to answer that call, not just reactionary. Cause I feel like that's been the hardest sitting on your hands is, is so difficult. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not a, a big part of, uh, you know, the part, but I think it was like Mike Tyson, a boxer that was like, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. So like, let's not be on that part as a church. Like let's, let's allow God to work in us and through us. And part of that is on these downtimes is that we've connected with him, that we have a solid foundation so that we can usher that in. So if like, like you said, whether that's sleeping in and being lazy in that context or just the fact that we were lazy and putting on our armor of God and showing up and having fellowship and community with not only our church, but that union with God, man, I would encourage people to start stepping into that now, like now, like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I, again, just what you said is we, you know, again, we need to move out of survival and move to how are we going to thrive? Right. Because the reality is it, we are never going back to pre COVID. Right. You know, everybody says, oh, going back to normal. There, there, there is not, we're not going back there. there there's going to be a new normal, right? But because we realize, right, that COVID has really opened our eyes to what I think has been, has been useful, right? And maybe, maybe things that were kind of dead weight, right? And so I think as we do move back to reopening and finding what, what the new normal is going to be, I just encourage every church leader, even every, every follower of Jesus, when you think about your life, what should I put back in? Right? Because there were some things in our churches, there were some things in our faith journey that just weren't helping anybody. Right. So, so again, how, and, and now it's all, we have kind of a clean slate in a lot of ways. And so now as we kind of build it back in to find this new normal, let's, let's be strategic in what we're putting back in. And again, ask some of those questions, like you said, of, man, what, what is our church really doing for our community? How, how, what is the, the reputation of our church, you know, and what can we do to, to improve that as we reopen, as we add things back in, uh, you know, maybe we should realize that we were just too busy doing stuff and we weren't really ministering. Right. And, because suddenly the calendar got clear, right? When, when, you know, no matter what state you're in, no matter what the local regulations were, um, everybody's calendar, you know, stopped at, at one point. And so now I say, now we can strategically put things back in to better accomplish the mission that God has called us to. Yeah. Well, in just simple things, right? Like even I'm a hugger, like that was a part of the thing. Like I would greet people that way. I want to help be a catalyst for change to, to kind of make those things kind of come back. Like, uh, but you know what, like 
We have to be a light in remembering God gave us a book and his people went through some crazy stuff that, you know, uh, we're talking pandemic. They went through plagues. They went through all sorts of things, right? Like, yeah. And yet they still survived and God still had a plan for them. And that's, I was talking to our church about this is like, we get inundated right now in these times and COVID's created this, like where we can't focus. And like you said, calendars, you just led with, like, we can't even plan like a month in advance because we don't know what even tomorrow may hold. But I would encourage people to remind them that God plays the long game. And even when it doesn't make sense, like he doesn't, like we get inundated, like with how are we going to do this? How are we going to get online? How are we going to have all these things? But God is the type of God that has not only because he's the creator, but he has this long-term plan that he's not surprised by this. He's not caught off guard. In fact, he's the kind of guy that in the midst of when things are completely terrible, like right now, he will play the long game and send a child and raise them up to free his people like Moses. He's yeah. the God that will send his son as a babe through Mary that will grow up and die for atonement for all of us and our whole new covenant that we can, you know, so like he's playing the long game. And so like, I would just encourage people right now, not to lose hope right now in the midst of this, like right in front of us moment, but like, remember that God has a plan and he's playing the long game. And even though it doesn't seem sent, like it makes sense. Like when Pharaoh's killing all of the babies, like God still had a plan for Moses. God still has a plan for us. And that's what gives us hope. Like our hope isn't in this vaccine that we're going to get out of this someday and be like, Oh yes, we have no, like God is our eternal hope. And so like he's playing the long game. He has a plan. And so I was telling our, our congregation that, but I mean, I, I, I'm preaching the choir as far as you, but hopefully that's reaching somebody that needed that okay. message because, you know, we get frustrated. We, we lose focus. Uh, perspective just needs to be changed a little bit, but yes. yeah, God's got this. Amen. I agree. So, so yeah, so speaking again, God's got a plan and we also have a plan for this podcast. One of our plans, right. Is that we are going to bring in some special guests from time to time. Yeah. So again, our next episode we have planned, we are going to have an interview with our general director for church of God ministries, Jim Lyon. And so he's going to come in again. He's going to be with us. He will be our first interview. And uh, again, he, we both know him personally and he has personal ties to both of our churches. So we, we will get to uh, get to hear from him uh, on that. So make sure, uh, again, look forward to our next episode as we have a, 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 our first interview with uh, General Director of Church of God Ministries, Jim Lyon. Until next time, right? keep pressing on, TJ. All right. God bless you guys. Acts 20.28. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. The Acts 2028 podcast is a broadcast production of In His Grip Publishing. Our theme music is Achievement by Giovanni Bruno. We'd love to hear from you on our social media accounts or through email. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Acts 2028 Podcast. Or send us an email at Acts 2028 Podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, leave us ratings and reviews, and even give us your email so you can be notified of new episodes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we hope that you will lead wherever God has put you. And together we can all live out Acts 2028 
as we serve in the established church.